You're listening to the official podcast of Asbury University, produced by students with God-honoring conversations that inform, edify, and encourage. This is Asbury. We explore culture and current topics through a Christian worldview, promoting a well-balanced life, and we empower our community to belong, become, and be set apart. I'm your host, Abby Lobb. Welcome to This is Asbury. Welcome to the podcast today. I'm excited because we have a really cool professor with us. We have Dr. Cheryl Crow Johnson. Dr. Johnson is a professor of mathematics here at Asbury. You've been here how long? This will start my 11th year. And she also is the chair of the math department, which is so cool. You also serve as the associate dean of the Shaw School of Sciences. So you're a busy lady. <laughs> you know, you never know what hat I might wear at a That's given right. moment. And I'm delighted to do that. That's great. Well, we're so happy that you're here at Asbury. And on top of that, you were recently accepted into the Council of Christian Colleges and Universities Women's Leadership Development Institute. That's a lot to say. So <laughs> you also <laughs> just came back from sabbatical. So welcome back. It's been an exciting year. God has yeah. been so good. So good, good, good. What have you been doing during your sabbatical? I know it's not just, you know, putting your feet up in the hammock. You, you've been doing things. Tell me about what you've been up to. You know, it's funny when people ask, what does a mathematician do on a sabbatical, right? <laughs> right? I've actually been working with a research group from across the United States. We have probably about six or seven universities now that have collaborated together, working on this idea of math identity. So how we view ourselves as mathematicians, even from a young age, how that impacts our beliefs and our thoughts and how we interact with mathematics. So our research group has been working on a, developing a survey. It's been given now across the United States to many different college students, mostly at this point, emerging teachers, so teachers in preparation programs, looking at their math identity, thinking about how that impacts their future students and their math identity. So this is important because we want people to understand the value of math, right? Absolutely. I mean, this is an oversimplification, but why are you doing this research? What is the reason behind this math yeah. identities? So I think it's very common in our society to hear someone say, I'm not a math person, right? <laughs> right. You know, like, oh, I don't do math. But it's very rare to hear someone say, oh, I don't read. Right? Reading's That's not my thing, point. right? That's you know, and so we develop an identity of how we view ourselves with mathematics. And so in order to continue to increase our mathematics population, having that positive and cultivating positive math identities is so important, particularly at our younger ages. It begins as early as elementary school. So math identities, do you see differences with, you know, different genders? You know, so that's identities. a component that we are now expanding our research to look at, differing identities that we see within different populations. So male versus female, having a teacher who has a positive math identity, how does that impact their students as well. It's interesting. A lot of people will think, a woman in STEM, this seems unusual. <laughs> but today, that really is yeah. not that uncommon. And I think as women begin to, especially as Christian women, walking into that calling that God has on their lives, it's exciting to see that gender gap beginning to shrink. 
And now playing off of that, what will you do with the Women's Leadership Development Institute? What will that be? This summer in early June, I was able to spend a week with about 30 colleagues from across the United States. In fact, we even had a professor from Australia join us for this. And so it was with some of the key leaders within the CCCU. And we spent about a week at a Christian Retreat Center in the northern part of Washington State and just learning and developing our research, our leadership abilities. And then through this coming year, I will shadow the provost of Indiana Wesleyan in September, go up there for a few days and uh, get to spend time with her, interact there. And then for the rest of the year, uh, there's a professional development plan that will be enacted. And then I'll also continue to connect with her throughout this time. So just a really neat opportunity to get to connect with leaders across the CCCU. And also just to be able to share the good news of what God is doing here at Asbury mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So you serve in leadership here already at Asbury. Are there pieces of that that you took away from this summer that you're excited to bring back this semester? Oh, absolutely. I think one of the biggest keys in being at a retreat center, just in the beauty of God's creation, we talked so much about the importance of leaders and rest and that how easy it is as leaders to just go at such a fast pace. And so one of the key pieces, I think, of bringing back with me is this idea of how do we enact rest and sabbatical on a daily basis, and not just when we have a sabbatical uh, that's granted, you know, at the university as part of that. That's a great reminder for all of us. It's a fast-paced world. Earlier, you touched on faith with our identities, and has God called us to go into this field or that field? Absolutely. How has your faith impacted your journey in this world of mathematics? To say that it would be the chief driver of who I am would probably be an understatement. Mm -hmm. I never sought out this particular path. In fact, I thought I'll uh, be a young married mom and homeschool multiple children, you know, God just led in a different direction than what I would have ever expected. And just by being sensitive to his Holy Spirit's direction and leading, this would not have been a path that I would have ever thought that God would have called me to or even enabled me to do. So just being sensitive to his spirit and his leading, that idea of the full surrender that we talk about here at Asbury, that Lord, wherever you lead me, there I will go. That's how I've ended up here. I've not really sought out different things, but God has says, this is the path I have for you. Yeah, that's great. Well, you do very well. And I know that students love you. What do you love about teaching math? One of my favorite things about teaching math is seeing a student who either dislikes math or has had a negative experience, right? That math identity that we've been talking about. And being able to see that moment when the Lord breaks through in their life And it's like, this makes sense. I understand why this works. We call it in education, the aha moment. Hearing former students say, you know, when I came to Asbury, math was something that I was afraid of, that I didn't enjoy. I was not looking forward to having to teach math or to do (laughs) math. And then to hear stories of, you know, God used your class to transform my identity in math. It's certainly not me, and it's him, and I praise him for that. Well, and I just think if you look at creation and you look at God, who he is himself, it's mathematics, you know? Can you talk a little bit about that? Just, you know, the the created world and how math has worked into that? That's a very loaded question. Oh, absolutely. So when you think about this idea of the created order 
and just the intricacy of human beings and of God's creation. We just see mathematics throughout all of that. And it's really interesting, the idea of Fibonacci numbers, which is a a particular sequence that we have, it occurs naturally within seashells and within flowers. And so when we begin to look at God's creation, we see that he really is a mathematician. (laughs) It inspires us to have a small glimpse into the mind of a creator God who is so far above who we are, yet he allows us to participate in that created order. It's just a beautiful thing. If you think of the earth and science and creation, you know, you automatically kind of think, well, science, of course, biology, chemistry, whatever. But you don't always think of math like you said, that numbers are woven throughout creation. Oh, I think that's absolutely. so beautiful. Just well, isn't it interesting that in God's word, he devotes an entire book mm. to the title numbers. Right. right? <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good point. Well, and everything is numbered, you know, and the numbers are symbolic of, oh, of different absolutely. things. In this research, you've kind of touched on this a little bit of math identity. You encourage students, like you said, to have this more positive outlook and to kind of look into their identity. That has such wonderful spiritual connotations and that's something that we constantly encourage our students with here at Asbury you know their identity is in Christ so do you see a correlation between their math identity (laughs) and their spiritual identity absolutely and so I think one of the neat things is we've been studying math identity is it's not fixed and it's not set. That there's this idea that we can always grow. And it's a choice that we have to grow in our math identity, a growth mindset. And I think what a beautiful parallel to our spiritual identity that no matter what we have faced in life, the challenges, the difficulties, the hills, the valleys, whatever that might be, that God is in the business of transforming lives. And that just because we've had a negative experience or something terrible has happened in our life, we are not stuck in that, right? That God can transform us. He can change our identity and make us a new creation. And so just as we see that math identity, we can have a growth mindset and we can grow in that. The same is true, certainly, with our spiritual life as well. And we can then trace back and see his hand Mm -hmm. through all of that, which is just so beautiful. Everybody in in every subject right now is talking about artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's coming up in math. Absolutely. (laughs) What are the connotations of that technology in the math community that you're wrestling with? This idea that... Within the field of mathematics, so much of this is this productive struggle, that I work on a problem, I come to a roadblock, I need to think through that, I need to pivot, I need to look at it from a different perspective. And all of that process of showing our work and thinking through that process is what grows and builds us as mathematicians. So I tell my students often, every mathematician hits a roadblock. For some of us, it was fifth grade math, right? You know, <laughs> others of us, it's calc four, right? right. You know? um, but we all hit that roadblock. And what happens when we do that really defines us and helps us to become what God has created us to be. One of the challenges that we're facing within the mathematics community with AI is you can basically put in any math equation you would like, and artificial intelligence will do that process for you. And to grow as a mathematician, that productive struggle is just vital. And so taking that piece out really impacts negatively 
a mathematician. And so as a department and just as the larger math community that we're all a part of, how do we navigate helping our students to see the value of struggle versus I hit a problem and now I go to AI yeah. and it gives me the solution? Well, and it's been, you know, this is an oversimplification, but we've all had calculators in our pockets now for, Absolutely. you know, <laughs> 15, 20 years when was the iPhone invented. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, well, that was kind of, we were already, right. <laughs> you know, and how long have calculators? Yes. You know, we all had yeah. the big, you know, T9 calculators we carried around in high school. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I can figure this out but even those you had to know how to operate them so <laughs> very true with AI you just like put it in and you don't even have to know how to operate exactly. the, the calculator anymore exactly <laughs> that's kind exactly. of scary <laughs> it is oh goodness is there anything else that's on your mind as you head into this fall semester with your students I think it is always exciting when we begin a new year, you know, and I think there's something beautiful about the academic calendar, that there's this idea that every year it's a fresh start. And so it's exciting to see students return to campus with just the enthusiasm and excitement that no matter what happened last year, whether that was positive or negative, whether it was a good experience or a bad experience, it's time for something new. And so that, I think, is probably one of my favorite parts about the rhythm of the academic year. And what I look forward to each time is just seeing that enthusiasm that returns to campus at the beginning of the year and the anticipation of what is God going to do this year. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of This is Asbury. To learn more about Asbury University, visit asbury.edu. 